Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Karen Conrad, and I am so blessed that you are joining us today. Do you know we've got a big event that is coming up? It is our spring real estate workshop. And just getting prepared for that, I'm so excited to welcome Frank Pulley to our podcast today. Hi, Frank. Hey, Karen. How are you today? Great. Well, Frank is one of our best experts and coaches at Wealth Builders. And we're going to be talking about something today that is uh, about property management. And so, Frank, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. So the thing is, is uh, every, every investor asks themselves either initially or at some point, do I need it? You know, do I need a property manager? And you know, uh, my friend Bill Bronchek, who's an attorney, will say, well, the lawyer's answer is that it depends. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some things you need to consider if you're looking for a property manager and kind of what the pros and cons are. So, but something from our uh, our uh, leader, Billy Epperhart, says behind every successful real estate investor is a great team. If investors have any prayer of scaling their real estate business up, property management is a must. I recommend managing the few first few properties yourself. Once you know how to manage effectively, you'll know what to look for when hiring a property manager. So that was my experience. I started managing my own properties, obviously with some coaching and and uh, things like that. And uh, um, you know, I mean, it was successful, but I'm going to say it's like any job. It's got its ups and downs. And uh, so let's talk about if you're going to self-manage your, your properties, what is it that you need to take into consideration? Well, first thing, you've got to have a great environment for your residents. I mean, the keywords here are neat, clean, functional, and safe, good uh, curb appeal, and you got to be able to get good uh, residents, tenants, and you got to make sure that you vet them. In other words, are they going to be able to pay their rent on time? Are they going to be responsible tenants and take care of uh, your property? And also, do you have knowledge of the local, federal, and state laws regarding real estate and rentals? Every state's a little bit different, and even localities can change just a little bit differently. So you also have to have some sort of a system for collecting rents and you gotta be able to figure out how to charge fair market rents. You don't wanna go too high, that's not fair. We're good Christians here and we don't wanna overcharge people, but by the same token, we're in this to make a profit so we can expand the Lord's kingdom. So we wanna make sure we charge fair market rents. We want to make sure we have all the paperwork that we need, and we also need to make sure we have a system for making sure our properties are maintained and repaired. You know, things like the uh, fire alarms, the carbon monoxide detector, that sort of thing. You also need to learn in your state how to collect and how to return the security deposit. That varies greatly by, by state. 
in Colorado, for example, you can pretty much do anything you want to with a security deposit. You can just throw it in, you know, your own personal savings account or checking account. I highly advise not doing that. <clears throat> but what we do in our rentals is that we throw any security deposits in a special savings account related to our business. All right. And uh but some states require that you escrow them. Some states require that you put them in a trust account. Some states require that you uh, go ahead and uh, pay interest on those. You also have to decide, are you going to take pets or not? A lot of people say, I'm not going to take pets. But the fact is, uh, about 70 to 80% of all your prospective tenants are going to have pets. And so you're turning over uh the majority of your uh, possible uh, clients. So, and you also need to have a uh, system so you can turn over a property really quickly. If you've got to wait a month or two months, that's lost income. So a good uh, a good system to be able to turn that property over and get in the next tenant is really important. All right. Um, now, real quickly on determined market rents, uh, you can use Zillow, uh, rentals.com, Craigslist. Uh, I like rentometer.com. And uh, that that really tells me fairly accurately how I, uh, what a fair rent is for that particular area and how many other landlords are charging something like that. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about real quickly is adhering to federal, state, and local laws. I mean, you've got to be really careful about this. Like I say, there's federal laws, but then there's state laws and there's local laws. So you have to be really careful when you're screening your property uh, on you know, advertising and your paperwork. You can't say great family home because all of a sudden now you're discriminating against people that aren't married. Um, and laws vary by state, but fair housing laws cover race, color, national origin, religion, sex, familiar status, and disability for starters. Uh, be familiar with these laws. Now, one thing, uh, federal law does not specifically protect one against sexual orientation, but state or local laws may, for example, here in Colorado, we cannot discriminate against someone, uh, you know, based on their sexual orientation. Let me give you a couple of quick examples of, uh, of FHA violations, okay? Number one, charging higher fees to potential renters with kids, or maybe refusing to show a property based on their race, religion, color, disability, et cetera. Falsely telling somebody because, you know, uh, of these factors that the property isn't available if they otherwise qualify. So, and those are easy to just kind of slide into and you can get in big trouble. So you ask me, Frank, is there any way I can refuse to rent someone? Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. You can choose not to rent to someone for whatever reason you like. Like for example, if they're a jerk, as long as it isn't because it's it's one of the protected characteristics that we talked about before. So the other thing you have to uh, think about is disabilities, and that's a whole, whole can of worms, all right? But according to federal law, tenants and prospective tenants 
with an impairment have the right to apply and live in a rental regardless of their disability. And landlords are not allowed to question applicants about disability or mental illness or uh, be able to see medical records. So that kind of puts us behind the eight ball uh, right away. However, there are some laws to protect the landlords. You've got to, uh, landlords have got to allow disabled tenants to make reasonable modifications to their living unit or common areas at the disabled, uh, disabled person's own expense if needed for that person to live safely, comfortably. And again, they are required at their own expense to return the property to its own original condition. You're allowed actually to require the disabled tenant to pay money into a escrow account to restore the property back to its original condition. You're allowed to require that all modifications and restorations be performed by a licensed contractor. And one little hint here, most disabled folks get their disability social security checks on the fifth, and you should put that on the lease that the rent is not due until the fifth uh, or whatever whatever time they get their check, all right? Um, let's see here, uh, service animals, that's the same thing. Under the Fair Housing Act, there are some rules that apply to legitimate, I'm talking about legitimate service animals. See, with with uh, if we wanna take a pet, in most cases, we can actually charge an additional rent every month and a non-refundable de uh, deposit, pet deposit for that pet. But if it's a service animal, you cannot collect a pet deposit and you can't collect extra monthly fees. And there's also some other, things about uh, service animals that you cannot do, but that we'll save that for another day. And then the final thing is evictions. You gotta check the state and local laws. In Colorado, we have to give a 10 day notice. Uh, I found the best way to do it is what we call cash for keys. In other words, I just tell the, the tenant, hey, you know what, I hate to do this, but I'll tell you what, you're a month and a half behind on the rent, if you can get out of here in the next week or so, and this property's in great condition, uh, I'll forget all of or half of or whatever the the uh, rent that was due. I'm going to tell you that's a lot cheaper than trying to evict somebody. But myself, with all my knowledge and everything else, and even Bill Bronchick, the attorney, with all of his knowledge, we use attorneys that specialize in evictions if we have to do it. But that can totally be avoided if you vet and qualify your renters up front, that's a big mistake of newer investors, especially. They're so desperate to get that property rented, they take the first warm body that shows up. And that's not, uh, uh, I'm gonna tell you, if you do that, you'll likely pay for that down the line. I just really appreciate the points that you're bringing out. And, uh, you know, we ran into something recently, like with the service animal, where our property does not allow pets. And so the HOA, so we had to navigate through that. And, uh, you know, if you're going to manage your own properties, these are things to think about. Now, you'll learn a lot about real estate if you manage your own properties, but there are some risks involved as well. And, Frank, I think you did such a great job of laying those out and helping people make a decision. Is this for me or do I want to stay with the professional? So you got to ask yourself, do you need a property manager? And again, it depends. First of all, if you, it's not uncommon for investors to invest in areas that are 
quite a ways away, a few hundred miles away from where they live. For example, Denver, it's hard to find good deals here in Denver. Um, but uh, boy, there's some other parts of the country where there's still, even though with the market, you hear everybody saying, wait and see and everything else, it's rife with deals. I promise you. And that's that's something we teach you in our uh, uh, Wealth Builder Real Estate Coaching Program about, uh, you know, about how to ferret out those deals. And we're going to be talking about some of this stuff in the uh, April real estate workshop. So make sure that you get signed up. Also, how many properties have you got? You know, if you've got more or eight or 10, and even if they're nearby and you're working full-time, that can be a lot. How's your stress level? How are your people handling skills? What kind of time do you have? Do you have an understanding of all these laws I talked about, discrimination laws and the uh, federal laws and the latest and greatest paperwork. You know, and again, each type of uh, state and local area can be different. You know, what does a property manager do? Well, they're going to take care of all that negative stuff that I talked about earlier as far as marketing your property. They're going to go ahead and show the property and screen the tenants for you so you don't have to. They're going to have a great lease that's pretty beefy that they usually run by an attorney every year to make sure it's relevant, okay? They're going to handle the security deposit for you as per state and local regs. They're going to handle the moving in and the moving out of the property. They're going to collect the rents for you. They're going to collect late fees for you. They're going to handle evictions for you. They're going to take care of repair issues for you. They're the good ones. They're going to provide a two to three time a, a year regular inspection of your property. And they're also going to provide you accurate and timely accounting for your bookkeeper to put in your software. And it all in all, it gives you a lot of peace of mind. What will these guys cost? Right, well, they're normally going to charge you about 6 to 10% of the monthly fee. So if you're charging $1,000 a month, be prepared to pay six to 60 to $100 out of the rent. But if you're making a good uh, spread on the rent anyway, and you calculate that into your monthly uh, fees and your expenses, you're good there. Many of them will charge a new tenant fee because they're showing the property, getting the paperwork and everything else set up. So that usually equates to about half of the first month's rent. And then every year, because there's a little work to do in renewing a tenant, uh, figure they're probably going to uh, charge a couple of hundred bucks to do that. Some uh, property managers charge a repair fee. In other words, they go out, they find good people that they know are going to do work, but because of their efforts, they may charge you an extra 10% or whatever. Most of the property managers that I use don't do that. But if you want to make sure that you uh, are going to have a good one, interview several beforehand. As part of our real estate coaching program, part of the curriculum is we spend a couple of weeks over the year talking about do I need a property manager and what are the questions to ask to get a good property manager and what are the, some of the things that we need to put in our agreement with that property manager that protects both of us. As Billy says, it's not what it costs you, it's what the value is to you. And to me, it's freedom and peace of mind. Wow, Frank. Oh, that was just so helpful. You know, we use property managers in our Texas properties, but we manage our own vacation rentals in Florida. So sometimes you may do a little bit of both, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I still do. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so great, Frank. So I just really appreciate this. This is great information. And this is really an example of something that you're going to be learning more about at the upcoming real estate workshop. You know, I've added a whole like another set of workshops. This is going to be our most robust workshop yet. And so if you're thinking about attending, register now. We are almost sold out in person. We'd love to have you there. Go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events or join us by live stream. And uh, it's going to be a really wonderful full weekend. So Frank, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. My pleasure, Karen, as always. Awesome. And Billy and Becky are so excited to see all of you at the upcoming event. Uh, So again, if you are thinking about it, get registered and we hope to see you there. Thank you. God bless you and have an awesome rest of the day. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.